Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 11. What up, yo? Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's half Filipino, a quarter Irish, an eighth Polish, and an eighth Russian, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to the 11th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. And yeah, let's get right to it. It's just going to be you and me. I don't have any special guests on today, so uh, let's let's get right into it. Now, when we look for help to improve our businesses, our blogs, and our websites, what do we usually do? We usually look outward, meaning we ask other people for help, or we ask for their suggestions, and sometimes we even pay for it. Now, today I'm going to ask you to do something a little different and take a different route and look within and provide you with some questions that you can ask yourself about what you're doing online and how we can improve. So today's topic is five questions you need to be asking yourself to improve your online business blog or website. So let's get let's get right into it. The first question that I want you to ask yourself is number 1, am I leaving a good first impression? You know, this is when people come to your site, are you leaving a good first impression because first impressions are everything. Now here's a small tip that I once heard somewhere that has stuck with me for I don't forever since I've heard it, and that is treat your blog or website like you would treat your own house. And I love this analogy because think about it. It's where you live, so you want to make it look nice not only for you and how you want it to be, but also for your visitors too. And how we meet somebody is how we remember them. I mean, if the first impression is bad, it's really, really, really difficult to change how people feel. And this is tough for us who do work online because it only takes a few seconds before people have some type of initial thought about us uh, our websites, you know, our blogs and businesses, and it just takes a second to click that little X or that little red dot in the corner of our browser just to leave. So, you know, if you don't get it right the, the first time, it can be really hard to get those people back. And this is why it's extremely important for us to make sure that when people visit our website for the first time, whether it's through search engine traffic or through a link from someone else's site or a recommendation from a friend, that your site feels very welcoming. If you visit someone else's house and there's trash everywhere, cockroaches crawling around in the kitchen and dog poo-poo on the floor, you know, you're not you're not going to want to be there and you probably don't want to come back. And even if things get cleaned up in the future and you know, even if you go there and it's clean, you're always going to have that image of your head of 
dog poo poo on the ground. <laughs> so again, treat your blog like you would your own house. Clean it up. Make people feel welcome. Offer them a drink. Let them sit down. Let them relax. Let them get to know you a little bit better before you hit them with a sale or an advertisement or a pop-up or something. So when this, when all this, you know, your blog should be a home talk translates to websites and blogs, this means, one, introducing people to who you are and what your site is about. Now, the big question is, are you on the site? You know, it's okay to be a little bit personable on your site. I mean, when you invite someone over to your house, you're not wearing a mask, you know, when you meet and greet them at the door, are you? Or, you you know, you wouldn't even not mention your name. But I see so many websites out there that are just hiding their identity. If they're hiding their identity, they're probably hiding something else. And that kind of just doesn't give me a good feeling. And I, I know it's the same way for a lot of people. And I know because I am Pat Flynn, I am this guy who shows you know, a picture or two of his son. And, you know, I showed a little dance number at my wedding with my wife. You know, I know that helps me connect with people a little bit more and it helps me stand out from the crowd. And it leaves a good first impression when people see my face right away, you know, in that little about me area on my blog. So that's the first thing you could do. Second thing is no pop-ups. And I know this can turn into a huge debate because pop-ups work. They do absolutely work. So if you're looking to increase your... Uh, you know, your email list, the number of subscribers on your email list, a pop-up will work. I mean, Michael Dunlop, who was a guest on the show uh, not too long ago, he created a plugin called Pop-Up Domination that, you know, everyone who uses it has seen improvements in their subscriber numbers. But, you know, it's a pop-up and a lot of people don't like pop-ups and I don't like them. Because it's like, you know, if we were to go back to this house example, it's just like if someone were to come into my house for the first time and I immediately shove a piece of paper in their face that says, hey, join my club or something or, you know, buy my product. You know, you want to get to know these people first, get them to, kind, you know, what I, what I want to happen with my email list is I want people to look for me and subscribe. You know, I don't want to shove something in their face. And, and I mean, I mean, when you're setting up your blog, you should give people opportunities. You should design it in a way such that it's easy for people to access those places where they can subscribe to your uh, email list or your blog or your RSS feed or whatever. But, you know, a pop-up just, it just doesn't do it for me. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of you might consider, otherwise, you know, you might think otherwise, but that, that's just how I feel. And something that I think, you know, a lot of people will see a pop-up right away and just leave your website without even reading your content or knowing how awesome you are. So that's my number two rule uh, as far as treating your blog like a house. Number three, easy to read and navigate through your site. You know, can people in your house find their way around? If the bathroom, if you tell people the bathroom is down the hall, you know, a right at the second intersection, two lefts, then you make a U-turn until you see Cowboy, who will then tell you the direction the bathroom is depending on the time of day. You know, it's, it's not going to be very fun. And online especially, the less people have to think, the less kind of loops and, you know, different paths people have to take to get to a certain place that they want to get to, the better. So make it easy for people to navigate through your site. That's hugely important. Number four, the number four rule is no heavy advertisements. And, you know, I've been on blogs and sites where the ads just take over. I mean, there's more ads than there is content. And what does that tell me about the purpose behind why that person is writing content? 
or why that person created that website in the first place. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's probably not helping me. And so I'm out, you know, I'm just going to leave. So, you know, I do have some advertisements on my blog on the sidebar, but it's below the fold. You know, I like to leave a good first impression with no advertisements right when people get there until they scroll down and then they'll see those recommended products, which I've used uh, and highly recommend. Um, no pop-ups, you know, it's really easy to read through my site. It's easy to navigate and I am on the site. The picture of me shows up right away. So these are all things that are important in leaving a good first impression, things that I want you to think about. Again, ask yourself, am I leaving a good first impression to new visitors? If you feel there's stuff on your site that could make people want to leave, then fix it. If you don't know how, hire somebody to do it for you because you're losing out on potential readers, potential subscribers, and potential customers at this point before they even get to your content. That's that's crazy. You're, you're turning people away before they even know what you have to talk about. And it might just take one single paragraph of your writing or one single video of yours or one single podcast episode to get them to be customers for life. But then you lose them because, you know, you have too many advertisements. If you don't know where to hire people, you can try elance.com or odesk.com. I use both. These are services where you can post a job that you want done and providers will bid on how much it will cost you to, uh, to do the job for you. Um, so you can select from a different number of people based on their uh, reviews, their feedback, repeat customers, things like that. And I've used Elance several times, even for iPhone apps. That's what I used to build the iPhone apps, and that's what I used to build the first few versions of the Smart Passive Income blog uh, through the design of it. It's, it. it's where the layout of my current blog started. And I've since hired another company to do the latest design, but that's kind of where it all started. So, you know, again, ask yourself, am I leaving a good first impression? And if not, fix it. Okay, the second question you need to ask yourself is, am I giving people a reason to come back? You know, there are a ton, there are a bazillion websites out there, and within each niche, there's a ton of other websites all talking about pretty much the same thing. You know, I mean, all these online blog, uh, you know, all these blogging, how to blog blogs or how to make money online blogs, they're all virtually talking about the same thing. You know, niche sites and blogging and advertising, affiliate sales, blah, 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 blah. But how does one differentiate themselves from everyone else talking about the exact same stuff? And sure, of course, we can say create awesome, unique content. Well, duh, that's what you should be doing. But there's things beyond that that you could do. And yes, I mean, no content is purely 100% unique, but the way you present it can be. And that's just something to think about. But, you know, now understand that I'm not the very first person to start a how to make money online type blog. Now, definitely, I'm not the first person. I was probably one of the, you know, it's only been two years now. And, you know, I wish I was the first person because I'd have a lot of money by now, but I'm not. And I've still been able to find a place in this niche I uh, have, a, you know, a large number of followers. I mean, you're listening to, to me right now um, for one reason or another. And it's because of these certain things that, that I'm going to be talking about in a second. And, you know, in fact, I'm probably an idiot for choosing to enter this niche because it is so competitive. But then again, just sh- this just shows you that there are things you could do in any niche to stand out from the crowd, build a community, and get people coming back to your site. Now, the number one thing you could do, which I've slightly talked about already, is put your own personality into your website. The thing is, there's no one else like you. Nobody. So there's honestly no better way to stand out from the crowd, make your blog or website or business unique, 
and make people subscribe to you and keep reading your content than just being you. Writing in your style and speaking in your mind. That's exactly what I do. And I know that's how I stand out from the hundreds of thousands of other blogs that talk about virtually all the same stuff that I do. Now, you shouldn't be writing for the search engines. This is one thing that many people get hung up on because they're all about the search engine rankings and they want to get to number one in Google for certain keywords. Well, you can get to number one using different tactics and you know writing content specifically for search engines, you know, kind of gaming the system. But when you do that, you know, you get visitors to your site, but when people read your content, it just doesn't make sense because it's for the machines, it's for the search engines, and they're not going to stay. And it's the people that drive our businesses and success online, not the machines. Now, along the same lines as personality, I think you can really get people to connect with you if you have an intriguing story, or at least something that you can share that makes you unique uh, in that way, kind of your background. And, you know, stories excite. And they help us connect. And as a storyteller, you really have the power to capture an audience's attention. And attention, attention is exactly what you need in this online world. I mean, it's the very first thing that needs to happen in the whole chain of events that happens between grabbing someone's attention and an exchange of money or, you know, an email or whatever. It kind of, the, the chain kind of just in short, it goes like this. Attention, attention turns into trust which then turns into permission, you know, those people that come to you and give you permission to contact them on their email or permission to, you know, take their money or whatever. Um, And finally, exchange. So attention, trust, permission, and exchange. Very important. Now at campfires, think about camping and just imagine like a storyteller telling a ghost story or any type of story about, you know, the previous camping trip or whatever. And all the faces of the kids who are sitting around the campfire, just their eyes on the storyteller, total silence, waiting to hear the next part of the story. I mean, when I think about, you know, I like to go fishing with my dad and, and I hear people all the time talking about fishing stories and, you know, fishing stories get passed along and people get involved and share their own stories about how their fish was this big, you know, with your arms stretched out all the way. You know, and I, I'll be the first to admit I know I have a great story. I'm very fortunate that I got laid off because that gives me a great success story, one that can really connect with people. I mean, I don't try to make it something it's not, but I know a lot of people can relate to someone getting laid off, working online, and then making it work for them. And I'm always happy to share the story because I know it inspires, but also because I know it can help me connect with people on a deeper level than just, you know, if I were to just say, hi, I'm Pat, I work online you know, I make money online. That That's cool. But what's cooler is the story behind it. And, and you know, if you've listened to me on any other interviews, whether it's through Darren's interview, uh, my interview with Darren from problogger.net or my interview with Yaro at entrepreneursjourney.com or, you know, I've, I've done several interviews out there because, you know, people have asked me to do interviews because of the story. You've got to have a story of your own. And it has to be real, though. It has to be True. A, a, a made-up story is easily detectable. But the question is, what do you do if you don't have a story? Well, you do have one. You just have to find it. But then, okay, maybe you don't. If you don't have one, if you really don't think you have one, don't just make one up. Make one happen. Make a story happen. Put yourself in a position to make a great story happen to you that you can then leverage or use on your blog, website, or business, whatever. You know, 
do a case study. Lots of people love case studies. And one last thing I like to talk about beyond putting your personality in your blog and also connecting with people through your story is creating a sense of community on your site. That's another way you can get people to keep coming back and reading your content because they'll want to be around those other people reading your content too. So this can be kind of hard to do, especially when you're just starting out. But if you can incubate, I like that word, incubate, a community on your site, grow a steady stream of fans and people who just love what you do and how you do it, then that will get people to come back. I mean, the more other people are involved, the more you know they will keep coming back and the more people on the sidelines who, you know, those people who read everything but don't comment or don't participate, the more they will keep coming back too. Oh, and here's here's a bonus strategy that I use quite often on my blog to get people to come back. And I tell I tell people exactly what I'm up to. That's the strategy uh, with regards to my online business or blog or whatever. And I tell them I'm going to report it at a later date. So this kind of gives people uh, a vision of what's co- what's to come. So some examples are the niche site duel. You know, I had started this niche site duel with Tyrone Shum, which you can read all about at nichesiteduel.com. I'm cur- currently ranking number one in Google. I've made... I think I've made $180 in November already from my three-month-old niche site. So check it out there, nichesitedual.com. But when I was doing this, I was reporting exactly what was happening, and people wanted to know more, so they kept coming back. And the Niche Site Duel has been one of the most successful kind of series of posts that I've done on my site. Um, another time I told people what I was going to do and report on it later was when I was redesigning my blog. I actually did a few YouTube videos about what was going to happen with the design so then people would want to come back and see it later. Another example is my monthly income reports. People love to read my monthly income reports because they want to see what I'm up to, what I've been doing, and obviously what kind of money I've been seeing in the previous month. And uh, another quick example is my WordPress plugin development. And I've kind of kept that a secret as to what that WordPress plugin is going to be. And there's actually two of them now uh, that I'm working on, but I, I haven't revealed that, and I think that gets people to create some buzz and, and, and want to come back and see what that's all about. So when it comes to your content, are you talking the talk or are you also walking the walk? If you walk the walk, then people will be interested to see how you do it. What will they miss out on if they don't come back? Think about that. I mean, you make them want to want more by giving more. So just realize that. So again, First question, am I leaving a good uh, first impression? Second question, am I giving people a reason to come back? All right, now the third question is, am I giving people an easy way to consume my content? This is very important because, so now we worked out the first impression and getting people to come back. There's a piece of the puzzle that we haven't really talked about yet, and that's giving people, you know, an easy way to get your content. You see, there's a there's a lot of ways that people like to con- consume content. There's, you know, these all the the following you all know already: text on a website, audio through something like a podcast, like you're listening to right now, or a YouTube video, or just video in general. But what I I don't want to talk about those different medias because I think you know those are available and those are things you should be utilizing to get more traffic and 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 connect with people who are more interested in audio, who are more interested in video, whatever. What I want to talk about is the kind of technical ways that people like to consume content and get more of your content if you're willing to give it beyond those those different forms of media. So, for example, your email list 
if you're doing any type of business online, you have to have an email list. And here's why. There's two, there's two reasons that I always tell people why you have to have an email list. The first one is it's still one of the best ways to reach people. I mean, just think how often do you check your emails every day? I know I'm guilty of checking at least, I'm scared to say this number, 100 times a day. Like, really. Like, I have my email set to check emails every minute. That's probably not the smartest thing to do. I'm addicted to email. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm trying to work on that. But yeah, for some of you, it's probably the first thing you do in the morning. Luckily, that's not what I do. I've learned to kind of enjoy my morning first before I check my email because I can really get behind if I check my emails in the morning and there's something pressing and then I, you know, I'm thinking about it while I'm eating breakfast and then I can't enjoy myself. So, you know, I I know a lot of you, it's the first thing you do in the morning. I know a bunch of people who just can't stand seeing any unread emails in their inbox. So if you read an email to someone, you know, this is proof that it has a high potential of getting read. So the second reason, uh, the first one was, you know, it's just a great way to reach people. Number two is what if your business or your website shuts down tomorrow or Google dies or, you know, something totally unexpected happens and your website gets hacked and it's unusable. There's no better way to contact the people who were once on your website, who are your followers, fans, subscribers, than via your email list. It's basically your lifeline because without that, you've got nothing. I mean, you can't contact your RSS subscribers which are people reading your content through a Google reader. You can't, I mean, I can't contact you just because you're a listener uh, through this audio, whether through iTunes or on my blog. There's no way I can reach out to you unless you're on my email list. And if I lost my blog today, you know, I know I could easily start a new one and get it up and running in no time because I have a large community behind it on my email list. So, you know, that's really important and that's kind of a safety line. Um, and, you know, beyond those reasons, it's also just a really personable way to contact people. You know, people see emails and they they see them as, you know, time taken to write a specific message to that person. Uh, and it's another way f- for them to consume your content and better connect with you and what you do. So, you know, if you're interested in starting an email list, I have a whole post that's all about starting a newsletter, how to set it up, all the right you know, bells and whistles with that. So check that out. It's my beginner's guide. It can be found at smartpassiveincome.com slash email list. That's two L's, no spaces, smartpassiveincome.com slash email list. So check that out. Um, tells you everything you need to know about, about you know, your email list because it's hugely important. So I want to make sure I, I outline that for you there. Now, another way people can consume your blog content is through an RSS reader. Now, RSS stands for really simple syndication and that's a way that people can read what you write without having to go to your website because the content's kind of delivered to you know whatever they're reading other rss feeds with so it's, it's more convenient for them and people can read other people's content plus yours all in one spot instead of having to go to those separate websites so the takeaway here is that a lot of people use rss readers so give people the opportunity to subscribe and a lot of people put a subscription button at the top of their web pages, uh, and that button sort of looks like an orange button with the white kind of blips coming out of the corner, which is good. But what happen, What happens when people read your content? Well, they scroll down and that button goes away. So what you have to do, or this is one tip, is give them an opportunity to subscribe to your content at the end of your post. Put an RSS button there, or you just simply ask at the end of some of your posts. 
you know, which is when hopefully they'll be so impressed by what you just wrote, uh, by what they read, that they would have to subscribe. And yeah, they could scroll up to subscribe, but you know, people people don't think that way. They they don't think, hey, I loved that post. I'm going to scroll up now and subscribe. You know, there's got to be something that immediately triggers that thought to subscribe, like the ability to subscribe using a button at the end of your post. So don't forget that. Also, don't forget about email RSS subscriptions. Some people, instead of reading blogs and content in a reader, they like to get them in their emails. So when they sign up to receive emails, uh, they'll get new blog content into their inbox. And, you know, I like to give people this option too. I once took out that option and a ton of people actually complained uh, and were asking how to subscribe to my RSS feed or my new content via my email list. Now, don't be confused here. I know this will confuse a lot of people. Um, But this is different from the email list. The RSS email is different from the email list. By letting people subscribe to your RSS feed via email, you don't get to capture their email addresses. You know, I can't send all of those people uh, special content like I can with my email list and services like Aweber. You know, the the, the RSS feed email is done with service like FeedBurner and FeedBlitz, and they collect all the email addresses on the back end. They don't show them to me. But whenever I post something on my blog, people who have subscribed through my RSS feed via email will get an an email in their inbox with my new blog content. So to answer a question that I know a lot of you have, um, which is, you know, how should I set up my emails on my website if I have the option to sign up for an email list and have an option to sign up for my RSS feed or blog posts? And my answer is it's really up to you. I mean, I have both options on my blog Because some people only want to receive my blog post via email and not my newsletter emails and broadcasts, while others don't want the blog post but want my newsletter and broadcast emails only because they like coming to the blog. So I give them both options. The email subscription service I use for my newsletter, Aweber, A-W-E-E-R, does have the ability to both capture email addresses and send out daily, weekly, or monthly updates of blog posts on your blog to your subscribers. But again... You know, I like to keep it separate because some people like to get those blog posts without getting the broadcast, and some people like to get the broadcast without getting the blog post. So, you know, it's it's up to you, but that's just my opinion on it. Now, another thing you could do, again, we're on the third question, which is am I giving people an easy way to consume my content? Another way to uh, easily consume your content is is based on how you structure it. I mean, how does your blog post or website content look? To your visitors. If a post you write is just one huge paragraph uh, with no breaks, it's going to be really hard to read and it honestly might blind some people. <laughs> so of course you'd use paragraphs, right? You separate those paragraphs out, but there are still more things you can do to make your content even more readable. And that's, you know, there's five things here that I listed. Um, use an eye-friendly font. I mean, I, I like Arial and Tahoma, but I think there's a, a few other ones that are really friendly to the eye. Um, you can break up your sections of your posts with headers. You have to do this. You mean, there's no question. It, it makes everything so scannable and much easier to read. And, you know, those headers are usually larger font and is a title of your next section, which is why it makes it more scannable. Use bullets and numbered lists. Again, it breaks up that those huge paragraphs, makes things a lot easier to read. Use bold text and italics for you know, strong points and stresses. And also use pictures to prove and emphasize points. You know, pictures are worth a thousand words. So 
Now, by doing all this, you can make your post scannable, which is what most readers do anyways. And I know when I read posts, I don't read every single word. And I like to read posts that have a lot of headlines, a lot of bullets and lists and stuff. It makes it a lot more scannable. The more scannable your content is, the better. Now, another way to consume your content is maybe not through a blog post or you know content on your site, but maybe it's through something like an ebook. So take my ebook, Ebooks the Smart Way, for example, which you can get for free at ebooksthesmartway.com. This ebook was made up of a series of 10 different blog posts that I wrote a long, long time ago on the blog, you know, free content, posted it uh, 10 days in a row. Those posts were great, and, and, you know, they taught people exactly what I teach in the ebook I created. But because I've taken those posts and packaged them neatly into a pretty-looking ebook with more graphics, more pictures, and more info, it's a lot more easy to consume. And also, since I use it as a free gift for subscribing to my newsletter, it immediately establishes authority, you know, my authority in this niche. You know, a lot of people come to me saying they're referred to by others who have read my ebook, and that's specifically what their friend mentions about me for their referral, which is really cool. And it helps bring in more subscribers. And I think I'm currently averaging between 50 and 60 new subscribers each day, which is totally awesome. And again, so check out ebooksthesmartway.com to check out how I structure my ebook, how the delivery process works, and you'll get on my newsletter, you know, which is not, you know, I don't sell anything on the newsletter. I don't force you to buy anything. It's purely content. Again, that's just another way I'm trying to stand out of the crowd. So many people are complaining to me lately about just getting bombarded with sales and affiliate sales in their newsletter. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of taking a different route with it. With it, so go go ahead and check it out. Ebooksthesmartway.com. All right, so let's let's get to the fourth question again. Just to review really quick, the first question you should ask yourself is: Am I leaving a good first impression? Secondly, am I giving people a reason to come back? Third, am I giving people an easy way to consume my content? Now, number four, is my content shareable? Now, the big question is, that's the big question. Is your content shareable? Can it easily be shared with people? You see, we live in an age today where we all want to know what everyone else is doing. I mean, just look at Facebook and everything we learn about everyone else. I mean, I get to see that Kyle is no longer in a relationship, you know, right when it happens. And at the same time, we're all willing to share that information, which is crazy, but that's how we are. And when it comes to our online businesses and blogs, people will share what you wrote or what you spoke in a video or filmed with others or spoke on a podcast, whatever. You just have to give them an easy way to do it. So this means utilizing share buttons like the Twitter retweet button or the Facebook like button on your blogs. You know, there's a really cool plugin called ShareBar, which you'll see if you go to my blog, go to a specific post, you'll see a little thing on the left-hand side that has a, a like button and a Twitter retweet button. And when you scroll down, it kind of follows along with you. So that's a WordPress plugin. Again, that's called ShareBar. Um, now, furthermore, you can you can make it easy for people to stumble your site, which is a fancy term for bookmarking it to the book uh, to the bookmarking site stumble upon. And you know these are all social bookmarking websites like Dig or Delicious, giving people an easy way to do that. You know, and it really just takes one influential person to read your content and share it with their followers before you get huge amounts of traffic and new subscribers and potential customers. I mean, 
their their followers will come by, and then some of them will, will share it with their followers who retweet and share it with their followers and so on and so forth. So it really takes a viral effect, this whole sharing thing and everything, all the different technologies and different services and websites out there that enable us to do that. Just It's so incredible. And also think about this, like, are you giving people a reason to share? I mean, some people will do it just because that's what they do. I mean, some people who follow me share everything I put out, which is awesome. Thank you guys for doing that. But many other people, you kind of have to give them a reason to share your uh, your information. So maybe you have already shared something of theirs, and now they're going to return the favor and share your material. Or maybe you're holding a contest, and one entry for the drawing is to tweet your contest page. I don't know. Just you got to give people some type of reason to share. Maybe that reason is just because your content is so kick butt that it just basically needs to be shared. In other words, you can create something like a pillar article, which I just wrote about on my blog the other day. So check that out. I'll, again, I'll have the show notes available and links to everything I've been talking about in today's uh, session uh, on the blog at smartpassiveincome.com under the podcast tab. Check it out. That's uh, This is session number 11. And you can get all the notes for that. And the thing about sharing is this. I mean... A recommendation for your material to someone from a friend is far more powerful than anything you could say to that person. Just, I mean, that's just something to think about. But that's why when you enable sharing and make sharing easy, it just it just goes crazy. And you know, if you create content that gets people to share it and recommend it to their followers, you're going to see some awesome results. So that's number four: is my content shareable? Now, the last question I want you to ask yourself is kind of different from the others, but it's something I think is still important, and it's why am I listening to you, Pat? What I mean is you're here listening to this podcast, or maybe you're reading the transcript on my blog, but we're at the end of this session now. You would have had to invest a certain amount of time, a good amount of time. I mean, I haven't been keeping track, but I think it's close to 30 minutes now. Uh, you know, you're investing that time listening to me, so the question is Why? You know, how did you find me? Why have you given me that privilege of offering my advice to you for that long of a period of time? Now, you don't have to tell me the answer, but I think you should think about it. I mean, really think about how and why you're here investing your time listening to me and what you can learn from that. You know, the answer is going to be different for everybody, but it's just something to think about, something to get those gears going in your head so you can be part of a real-life example as to how and why People follow others because you're here following me right now. You're listening to me. Um, so why? I mean, and really put those practices into place on your own site because they're what you know best and just see what happens. You know, again, just something to think about. So, you know, I hope you enjoyed that last question. And again, you don't have to tell me. You can if you want why you're here listening to me. But, you know, I just want you to think about that because you're obviously here for a reason. And there's always a reason to follow. You know, people don't just follow people for no reason. So think about that when you're creating content, when you're setting up your blog, when you're trying to optimize for your business. You know, give people a reason to do whatever it is you want them to do. So that's it. Those are the five questions. Once again, am I leaving a good first impression? Am I giving people a reason to come back? Am I giving people an easy way to consume my content? Is my content shareable? And why am I listening to you, Pat? So yeah, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this session of the Smart Passive Income podcast. Like I mentioned, the show notes are available on the blog at smartpassiveincome.com. 
And again, I'd love for you to check out my newsletter and get your free copy of eBooks the Smart Way at eBooksthesmartway.com. And again, an eBook is exactly how I got started in this business, and I share everything in that eBook. And yeah, so check it out. Thank you guys so much for your support. I really appreciate it, and I hope to hear from you soon. And I'll see you in session number 12. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.